is Mandy Bayshore, and um, I am wife, mother, and absolutely a drama queen. But I'm trying to really only keep it out of Wasco Community Players. So um, it's been a little dramatic at our house to this week because Carrie, my husband, and I are both public school teachers. And we've been waiting all summer trying to just, you know, hear what we need to do for the fall. And it's been a little up and down. We both got our plans this week, and there has been, like, excitement about the new school year coming. Um fear that we're never going to be able to accomplish what they want us to accomplish. There's been some overwhelming moments where it's been almost just not able to keep moving. And there's also been times where I, my ADD mind is just all over the place and I can't settle. And through all of it this week, the Lord has just been laying on my heart over and over again. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I couldn't quite understand why that was coming to me until I finally realized that, you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. He knows what my day was going to be filled with. He's going to give me what I need. Nothing is a surprise to him. So today I would encourage you to just absolutely let go of anything that's hindering you from worshiping him this morning. If you feel anxious or you have questions, concerns, worries, fears, burdens, if you fought with your husband on the way here or wife, let it go. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. All right, let's stand and worship together. This is our new song from last last Sunday called On Earth is in Heaven.
Isn't it? I mean, I, I just, uh, through, through the entire time that we were singing, I, I just kept hearing this message of hope. You know, we live in a world that a uh, lot's negative, but to be filled with hope in Jesus is really, really cool. Can I get an amen? All right. Hey, so glad that you're here. If you are here for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. Um, if you're here for lots and lots and lots of times, welcome. If it's your first time back, uh, welcome. If you would, take out the uh, your smartphone or whatever and uh, open up the North Point app, and we would love to have you let us know that you're here. Uh, you can do that if you got the North Point app by going to the Let's Connect tab. If you don't have the North Point app, you can text 94090, text 94090 with the message Guest NCC guest NCC, and that will take you to the exact same place. We recognize in the world that we're living in that there are going to be times that on Sundays that uh, somebody's going to come in that they're going to later test positive for for, uh, COVID, for the virus. We want to be able to communicate with the people that they may have interacted with, and that's the best way that we can do that. 
because otherwise I'm sitting there thinking, okay, where were they sitting on Sunday? Who was where? And that doesn't work very well. So if you can do that, that would be great. If you are newer to North Point, um, I, I want to encourage you after this service, immediately following the service in the room that's right back there, room 102, the staff is going to be there and there's going to be a chance to just interact with the staff. Just a short time together, but a chance for us to meet you, you to meet us, and to just talk a little bit. And we think that that's a cool thing that uh, a lot of times it can just help you have a sense of, is North Point the right place for me or not? And so uh, we hope that, that you'll do that. We hope that you'll um, take advantage of that. We want to encourage you uh, to give to God. Um, we're, we're at a place where everybody has kind of circled the wagons and um, everybody's kind of being very protective. And one of the things that I think um, is so important for us is to look kind of beyond ourselves and to recognize that we serve a God who's the God of the universe. One of the ways that we can do that is by giving with our offering. Um, we're not going to pass uh, the plates today. If you came and you'd like to give cash or a check, there are, um, there are containers at each of these two doors that you can uh, put that in on your way out. We'd love to have you do that. If you'd like to give electronically, the easiest way to do that is to text 77977, 77977, and, uh, and then in the message just put uh, NCC Give, and that'll take you right through the, through the process. When you do that, you can give on a regular basis. You can give on a one-time basis. However you'd like to do that would be great. We're in a new series that we just started last week called What I'm Learning. And uh, we have a uh, special guest speaker today, Phil Beavers, who is the Vice President for Institutional Advancement at Great Lakes Christian College. He just smiled at me like I got it right, which is really cool. Um, I, I, I just want to take a second and, and just kind of pave the way for Phil. He's going to introduce himself in a little bit. But uh, Phil has become a good friend. He lives two doors down from me and is at uh, Great Lakes Christian College, a college that the college that I went to when way back when was kind of a sister college too. So that's been kind of fun. And um, we're, we're excited about the message that he's going to deliver. Um, before he does that, we've got some changes happening in family ministry, and I want to bring Jake up, Jake Howard, our family life minister, to do that. All right. Hey, North Point. Oh, you guys are so kind. Hey, uh, a couple things we want to share with you this morning. As you can see, uh, Courtney and John are standing up here with me today. Courtney has been a part of our North Point team for nine years and has been great. Yeah, you guys can give a little woo for that. Uh, if you have been uh, on our Facebook page and seen Courtney's latest video, or if you get our Get to the Point weekly emails, uh, you recognize that some changes are in store for Courtney. She has felt God's calling to uh, move in a different direction, and so she is actually celebrating her last Sunday with us uh, today. And so in order to celebrate uh, Courtney and John and their sweet little girl, Elena, uh, we want to do a couple things as a church. Uh, number one, right after our 11 o'clock service, uh, if you go through the hub down the stairs into what we call the Ignite Room, and we'll have signs up, uh, we're going to hold a little open house for Courtney. So you guys can come, uh, you can give her love, you can talk to her, share memories, all of those kinds of things uh, as well. So we're going to do that right after the 11 o'clock service. But right now, man, we just want to pray together as a church a blessing over John and Courtney and Elaine as they get ready to go on this next journey together. Uh, and as Courtney has shared, man, she wants your blessing, she wants your prayers, she does not want your germs. So we are not going to have anybody come down. Uh, we would just ask if you're watching online or wherever you are in your seat, man, if you just go ahead and toss a hand out in their direction. Uh, we're just going to pray together as a church for these guys right now. 
Father God, we thank you, God, that you, man, you are Lord of all, that you are King of kings, you are God on high, Father, and that you have placed such a special calling in the life of Courtney, God. God, that you have used her here at North Point to be a part of our family, God, to impact and love on our families and our kids and our students uh, in just unimaginable ways, God. And as they get ready to take these next steps, Father, on this journey that you have for them, uh, for Courtney as an individual, for their family, God, we just pray, Lord, that you would bless every single thing that she touches, that the lives that she gets to play a part in, God, would be impacted for you, that your gospel would flow through her into all the world, Lord, and that uh, whatever hills or valleys or ups or downs or whatever may come their way, God, may she grow closer to you in that. So, God, we invite you to just be more and more a part of your life, God, and we thank you, God, for the blessing that the Ferdin family has been with us here at North Point. We love you, and we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, North Point. It's good to be back. My name's Phil Beavers. And uh, fist pump. You know, they're pretty friendly, Rick. Yeah, let's, let's do that one more time. Fist pump. Yeah, okay, good. I saw that when I came in, and that is my choice of uh, greeting at this point in time, is uh, that fist bump, and that works out pretty well. I found out that it is a sign of respect and camaraderie. So remember that when you do that, you're my friend, okay? You're my friend. Now, I know uh, this COVID thing has, um, we've all experienced it in different ways. Um, in fact, I had more hair before this even started. So, you know, that's just kind of, did you experience the same thing, Rick? Yeah, you had more before, yeah, before this thing even started. And uh, uh, so I, I'm anticipating this to be over, and it all pops out again. That's just what I hope happens. Um, now, Rick, I was a little disappointed in that slide that they put up when your name was up there. Brutus, Ohio State. Where are the elders here? Where Would you raise your hand? Because you need to change that. Okay, you've, you've got to change that. Okay, very good. Thanks, Vic. Yeah, you, you've got to change that. That just doesn't go, uh, especially when uh, you're a green and white fan. And, uh, boy, I just had a hard time with that. It really messed messed me up, but I'll, I'll do okay. All right. The kingdom's big. There you go. Uh, let me just give you a quick update on Great Lakes Christian College. How many have heard of Great Lakes Christian College before? Oh, man, that's wonderful. We're on the west side of Lansing. We're a small college. We anticipate 170 students this fall, which is up by 20. And that's good for us when it comes to a small college. Uh, we're planning to do in-person classes with uh, virtual along with it. And then we always have our online classes and degrees going on at the same time. So, you know, God is blessing through this whole thing. And it's just really neat. We are a Bible college. Every student graduates with a Bible theology major along with any other major that they might want. And uh, so we are, you know, that Bible college model. And uh, we 
have that narrow niche that we think is very important. And uh, so continue to pray for Great Lakes Christian College. We appreciate the connection. We've got some alumni that uh, are here as well, and it's just good stuff. And uh, keep Great Lakes Christian College in your prayers. We'd appreciate it. Because, you know, I was telling some people that uh, you make decisions and you move forward to those decisions until you have to make another one. And that's kind of where we're at, where we're at in the uh, college world, okay? And uh, so we appreciate uh, your prayers in, in that way. I appreciate this series that uh, Rick has invited me to share in, what I'm learning. And it kind of goes with what I've learned and maybe even more what I needed to be reminded of. And that's kind of the direction I want to go. Um, I'm 65 years old. Well, I will be 65 in September. Yay, you know, one of those things. Um, I've been married uh, 45 years, coming up here in August. I have three daughters. I have 10 grandchildren. And I, I love them all. But I'll tell you what, I've learned lessons in all of those relationships, okay? Um, one in, in particular, being married 45 years, uh, here's what I've learned. Don't try to argue with your wife, okay? Just don't try to argue with your wife. There was a guy who was, and you've probably heard this story before, but there was a guy who was married 50-some years, and he was kind of interviewed and asked, you know, what, what do you contribute to your longevity of married life? And he goes, I take long walks, I take long walks. Another lesson I learned is if you live in a household of women, if you live in a household of women, put the seat down. Okay, I don't know if I was supposed to say that here or not, but can I say stuff like that? You know, put the toilet seat down. You need to learn that. If you eat too much sugar and carbs, you will gain weight. I've learned that. If you start something... You better finish it. And then there's some things I've learned the hard way. And I know we've all experienced this. My, my role at the college is fundraising, basically. And I travel for the college, and I represent the college, and I do whatever I can to build um, uh, relationships with friends of the college and alumni and funds, raising funds and so on. But I, I learned a hard lesson here recently because some people give to the college and they can match it with their corporation. And I had a nice gift come in in October, about $3,000. And this person wanted to match it with his corporation. And I thought, that's great. And he mentioned that he was going to email me all of the gift ID information and so on and so forth. And you know, through the COVID thing, and I just didn't see the email, and I just didn't uh, catch it at all, and guess what? May 15th deadline went by, no $3,000 match. That was a tough lesson to learn. So now, since I've learned that lesson, I'm doing more notifications and things like that that are going to help me make sure that happens. But I love this series because it forced me to consider what I've been learning through this whole pandemic crisis even. I, I 
um, found that it, it doesn't really matter if it's the COVID pandemic, a health issue, a financial instability, a common catastrophe. My priorities are important. And that's what I want us to learn and be reminded of today. That priorities are important. You see, my experience over the past five, six months is going to be different than yours. But what I know is that wherever, whatever we face, we better have our priorities in line. They better be in line. We all have had our lives reshuffled, haven't we? I mean, our schedules are different. We have created new habits. You might say that the apple cart of life has been tipped over and now we're trying to pick up those apples and put them back in the cart and and in the midst of all of that, we're rearranging everything. They're not fitting back into that cart the way we had them in the first place. And I've been reminded through it all that my priorities need to be strong. And here's why. Because priorities help me live out an effective, godly, strong Christian life. You see, something has to drive us to be who we need to be in Jesus Christ. And I think it's priorities. I believe one thing that can help us live out the life that God wants us to live is to know what's important. Now, the Apostle Paul had his priorities in order. There was no doubt about it. And if you think about the Apostle Paul's life, it wasn't a rosy picture. I mean, as you read, uh, the list is long of what Paul's trials and difficulties looked like. I mean, he was in prison. He was beaten. He was robbed. He had gone without sleep and food and water and clothes. It wasn't, it wasn't a great picture, but in Romans chapter 1, we have his testimony. And within this testimony, you're going to find more than just one priority. You're going you're gonna to see a lot of priorities jump out at you as we read this. So Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong, that is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. Verse 14, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. 
For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The first priority that just jumps out at me from Paul's testimony is that we need to be sure to give Jesus our heart. I need to be focused totally on being sold out to Jesus. Now that seems rather simple, I know, because all of us here, more than likely, have made that commitment to Jesus Christ. But it's not just simple. Listen to me, it's foundational. It's foundational. We're taking and we're talking about first things first. I like the Sunday school teacher who was trying to teach his young kids, five-year-olds, uh, all about going to heaven, what it, what it would take to go to heaven. So he said to him, you know, if you um, pass out bulletins, if you vacuum the church lot and you shovel snow and things like that, will you go to heaven? And he said, no, you're not going to go to heaven if you do that, teacher. And then he asked, okay, well, if you help those who are poor and you, you feed those who are hungry, are you going to go to heaven? No, you're not going to go to heaven if you do those things. Well, in a little frustration, the teacher asked, well, what do you need to do then to go to heaven? And one little guy raised his hand and he says, well, you have to die first. <laughs> first things first, right? First things first. So giving your heart is foundational. There's no question about it. And the Apostle Paul was a sold-out individual for Jesus Christ. He says, God, whom I serve with my half heart. No, that's not what he said, right? He said, God, whom I serve with my whole heart. My whole heart. That means everything. His life was one big commitment since his conversion in Damascus when Ananias baptized him. That's when Paul drove that stake in the ground and declared total allegiance to Christ. You see, one leg in and one leg out just doesn't, it just doesn't cut it. Just doesn't make it. You know, it's like trying to lose weight. You can't be half-hearted in it. There's a point in time where you say enough is enough and I'm going to make some changes here. You just can't be half-hearted. So Jesus wants sold-out people. And he said to his disciples, right? He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So Jesus called his disciples to abandon their careers and to reorient their lives completely around Jesus and to be consumed with his dreams with his plans. And sorry to say that COVID-19 is actually creating the opposite. We're losing our sold-out people. I did some research with the Barna uh, group, and some of their statistics are just a little overwhelming. They're they're a group that... um, poll Christian people and and so on and so forth. And they say that one in three practicing Christians uh, still and only attend their pre-COVID church. 
And some recent data from the Barna Group show that among practicing Christians, those who identify as Christians agree strongly that faith is is very important in their lives and attend church at least monthly prior to COVID-19. Over half, 53%, say they have streamed their regular church online within the past four weeks. And here's something, another 34% admit to streaming a different church online other than their own, essentially church hopping digitally. And then Barna says this, about one-third of practicing Christians, one out of three, 32%, says that they have done neither of these things. Though some of these churchgoers may be part of the minority of congregations that were still trying to gather for physical worship during these weeks, for the most part, we can confidently interpret this group as those who have dropped out of church for the time being. Wow, that's kind of a dagger in my heart, you know. To be sold out to Jesus, it it doesn't matter what you're going through. You've driven that stake in the ground and you're committed to him. So when the storms of life hit the shores of your spiritual walk, you better be tied securely to Christ. You better be, be secure in him. There's something said for loyalty. There's something said for community. And COVID is not an excuse to jump ship. It's not a time to be lax in our worship and trying to connect to our brothers and sisters in Christ, whether it's physically or digitally. There's really no good reason for being lax in that. It's not an open door to just say, I don't really care right now. My relationship to Christ through his word and prayer are what will sustain me and see me through. Have you been able to stay in the word of God? Have you been able to communicate to him in prayer? Have you been able to connect to other brothers and sisters who keep you accountable? Boy, we've got to do that. We've just got to do it. And this is why we need to be sold out to Christ. I love your COVID camp thing. I just think that's such a cool thing. And you know, COVID can't separate me from my relationship with Christ. I cannot hold back and I cannot retreat. I don't know if you've heard the story about William Borden. Uh, William Borden graduated from Chicago High School in 1904, and he's the heir to the Borden Dairy Estate. So he's a millionaire, okay? And for his high school graduation, his parents took him or sent him on a trip around the world. And he went on this trip, and he felt as he was seeing people in different situations, he was, uh, you know, just, uh, he had this increase in and felt this growing need to help the hurting people of the world. So finally, Borden wrote home to say, you know, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my life to prepare for the mission field. And so at that time, he took his Bible and he wrote on the last page of his Bible, no reserves, no reserves. 
He was, he was not going to hold back on anything. He was going forward for Christ. And during his college years, um, he went to Yale University and was so involved in trying to get small groups for Christ on the campus there and so on. And he was just trying to make a difference on campus with the gospel. But his real passion was missions. So once he narrowed his mission field down to where he wanted to go, he never wavered. And so upon graduation from Yale, he took his Bible again and wrote in the back of his Bible two more words, you know, no reserves, and then two more words, no retreat. No retreat. He wasn't going to pull back. He was going to keep his commitment. And uh, he was offered all kinds of jobs and, and so on and so forth, but he turned them down because he was committed. There was no retreat. He was going forward for Christ. He was a sold-out individual. The second priority I want us to just observe from Paul's testimony is that he was he felt it very important to give the world Jesus. He needed to give his heart to Christ and he wanted to give the world Jesus. He was focused on getting the world to know who Jesus was. His desire was to have a harvest among them. He wanted them to come to know Jesus as he knew Jesus. He wanted to get to a place in his relationships where it would produce results or harvest for Christ. And one of the most important priorities that you and I can have is dedicating ourselves to be sure everyone knows about Jesus who's in our network of influence. I mean, his salvation ought to just ring out wherever we go and through every trial we face. It ought to just seep out from our lives, no matter what, what's going on. Our priority is to think of ways that we can give the world Jesus. Our issues, our trials are not to tear us down, but really to what? Open doors of opportunity so that we can share Christ. Having that kingdom focus is so essential in the Christian life. It's not being bogged down with what's going on with me, but what it is that I can do for you. To be kingdom focused, to know that people need Jesus. One of my favorite passages in the scripture is 2 Corinthians 4. It's not going to be up on the screen, so I want you just to listen. 2 Corinthians 4, it says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. And we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our mortal bodies. Let me tell you how serious Paul 
saw in giving the world Jesus. He mentions it here. He says, I am obligated, first of all. He's obligated. It's his duty. He saw it his duty. He was grateful for what Jesus had done for him, and he was obligated to be sure other people knew about it as well. He couldn't rest until that happened. Why do you think he was imprisoned? Why do you think he was shipwrecked? Why All those things, because he was pursuing people for Jesus. He was obligated. And then in verse 16, it says that he was not ashamed. He was not ashamed. He didn't hide it. He was confident in the powerful gospel that he preached. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. That word power is dynamite. And you know what dynamite does? It changes things. And he knew that if he had the opportunity to share the gospel with people, it was going to change them. You know, in the Bible it says that when God's word goes out, it will not return to him void. Which means if his word goes out, it's going to do something. It's not going to come back to God in a, in a neutral way. It's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And, you know, we always worry about what I'm going to say to people, what I'm going to say to my neighbors, what I'm going to say to my family. But it's not about what I'm saying. It's about what God is saying. And as soon as I allow God's word to get out there, guess what's going to happen? The dynamite's going to go off. And it's going to change people's lives. And the Apostle Paul had this as his priority to give the world Jesus. He was obligated and he was not ashamed. What we can't forget is that the world is without Jesus. And God has placed us here to be his ambassadors. I mean, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as as though God is speaking and making his appeal through us. God through me to you to be that ambassador. So we're going to go through some pretty tough stuff in this life. But the light of Jesus needs to shine through no, no matter what. People need to see you and they need to see who you trust in. They need to see that this world is not our home, right? We're just a passing through. I recall the the story about a guy who couldn't see very well and couldn't hear. And every Sunday, he walked to the church about three blocks down the road from his house. And every Sunday, he went down there, went to church, came back, and his neighbor stopped him one day and uh, just asked him, you know, I see you walking down to the church every every Sunday and coming back, and I know you can't hear, and I know you can't see very well. Why do you do that? And and he goes, well, I want people to know whose side I'm on. I want people to know whose side I'm on. Listen, people are looking to see whose side you're on through this whole mess. And if you're jumping ship, if you're thinking, well, it's not important for me to connect to people. It's not important for me if I'm not here to not, to not connect online or whatever it might be. Uh, 
So the question is, how kingdom-focused are we when times get tough? I've reminded myself of this over and over again. In fact, this whole COVID thing has touched my family. And I've had to be reminded of what is important. It's important that I'm connected to Jesus strongly. And it's important that I give, give the world Jesus as well. The Christian community is being challenged today. The way we react, the attitudes we re- express, the actions we take will determine how kingdom-focused we are and how effective we will be for Christ. Well, after graduation of to the seminary, William Borden, he immediately went to Egypt to learn... Um, to learn a language, to get ready to go on the mission field, and so on. And um, he wanted to be very intentional about reaching the Muslims for Christ in China. And while he was in Egypt, he contracted spinal meningitis. And within a month, the 25-year-old William Borden was dead. And prior to his death, now get this, prior to his death, Borden had written two more words in the back of his Bible. You know, no reserves, no retreat. And before his death, he wrote, no regrets. No regrets. As I look back on my life, I want to be sure there are no regrets. It's that should have list, you know. I should have talked to my neighbor about Christ. I should have talked to my brother or sister about Jesus. I should go on that mission trip. I should have forgiven that person. I should have sent that card. I should have become a leader of this church. I should have talked to my family members as to what's important to me. I should have. Listen, we don't want any regrets. So let's rise above whatever we might be going through. Let's be sure we have given Jesus our entire heart and then think continually about giving the world their only hope, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for the day that you've given us here to worship, to gather around your word, to learn, to be reminded. And you're such a great and glorious God. Thank you. And Lord, I pray that you would mend any heart that's here, that you would give us direction as to what our next step would be. And I pray, Father, that we might recommit ourselves totally and fully to to you in order to fulfill the purpose that you desire for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thanks, Phil. Thanks so much. Would you express your appreciation to Phil? I just, I just want to do just a real short tag on the end of that. Um, really, uh, since about March, I have had this incredible burden on my heart 
um, for what we as a church and as individuals can do to reach people with Jesus' love. Because right now, the world that we're living in is very insulated. It's very me-focused. And um, I just wanted to, I just want to pick up on Phil's challenge and say we've got to give the world Jesus. We've got to figure out how to do that. And, and right now, uh, where you're supposed to stay socially distant and all that kind of stuff, that's a, that's a challenge. But there's an opportunity in that, whether that's at work in your neighborhood, in your family, whatever it is, be praying, God, how can I share Jesus' love with someone around me? Because people are desperate for it. Um, they're desperate for him. Hey, have a great week. If you're new, again, uh, we've got... Uh,